not sure if you know who I am, but I'm about to rule the world. Wow, uh, <laughs> yay. But there's one problem. There's a human, has a mustache, just like you. <laughs> Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> Bowser is coming. Together, we are going to stop that monster. How? Look at us. We're adorable. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's a movie that probably would have gone a lot higher. The movie draft a few weeks ago. But for some reason, critics are turning on this one. I don't know what the deal is. Perfectly innocent, harmless movies. We just have to dogpile on them and decide we hate them. I don't understand what's going on. It's the Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. The animated Are we version qualified to review this, not being Italian? Mm, I'm actually 116th Italian. Uh, oh, according okay. to the ID <laughs> that I keep in my... In That's my wallet, in case I want chicken parm, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how you judge a good restaurant. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, <laughs> if they can make a good chicken parm, super right. hard. We were supposed to go to Billy Joel concert on Saturday, and it got oh canceled yeah, because Stevie Nicks was sick That's... or band has COVID or something. So our like weekend kind of got thrown into flux, and we ended up having like oh we could do a date night on on Friday night instead of Saturday. But it was, again, it was kind of last minute. Lindsay was trying to get a bunch of work done. We got to the place where we were planning on going for dinner, and it was super swamped. Every place around there is super swamped. So we ended up, we're in South Lake Town Square. We ended up at a place uh, that I'd never been before. I was like, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll give this a shot. And uh, looked at the menu. And that was one of those places that kind of had like, didn't really have a discernible. Uh, sure. Wasn't really sure what's going on here, you know? It's like, You're at the Cheesecake Factory? No, no, I would have, I, I, you know, would have figured it out of the Cheesecake Factory. It's just that True Fire Grill that's over there at South Lake. Oh yeah, kind of new American. That's yeah. just fire. Had, it was fire. a weird vibe. Weird vibe, like a lot of live, laugh, love on the uh -huh. walls. Didn't really expect that. There you go. Um, given the rest of it, just no discern. Did not have a discernible identity, and I uh, had pizza earlier that week or something. And so I was like, yeah, I don't really want that. And I looked, and I was like, yeah. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go with the chicken parm. And uh, was it good? No, it was. It was not. It really. It was the first time I've ever really? had chicken parm. Where I was <laughs> wow. like, that was like a five. Like a, you know, you feel wow. like the baseline is a seven, and the yeah. top is like in seven Simmons and a half. Is you know, but rolling Simmons is he was three right shirts right now. Yeah, he's right Chicken parm is very high on the hard to mess up. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I felt like. It's, it's at least a, a five bed. on the oh, worst yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a five. Yes. Chicken parm and a burger. That's... It's really hard to screw that up. And this was this was pretty close to screwed up chicken parm. wasn't wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, don't recommend. Well, now that's what we're going for: hardcore Italian uh, <laughs> conversation. How excited was your son Brian for this movie? He's right about the age. He's what ten right now. He's about to be ten. Yeah. Good grief! Prime yeah. for this. Crazy. My nephew is 10. He could not stop talking about it, as well as my nieces. They're uh, slightly younger, but very much looking forward to this. So you guys went and saw it this weekend, Brian. Mm. Did it live up to his expectations? That's what really matters. 
I kind of think he was disappointed by it. It's weird. <gasps> I yeah, oh, he he was like gosh. we did a big thing. Like we had we went on uh you know, everybody was off. He sees a lot of yeah. movies though. <laughs> it's true. He does. True. I mean for it's true. a lot. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um but we, you know, we we had good good Friday off, so Thursday night he wanted to go with his friends. He was I mean, he's been talking about this for for months. And so we got a bunch of his his buddies together and and parents and whatnot, went to eat, went to see the movie. And he was into it. It wasn't like he he thought this is this is bad or this is uh home. I think that's the only movie he's ever seen in theater that he was like, "No, not not a fan." <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, he waved his hands like he in fact did, <laughs> he did not, not care. care. He did not care. He he liked it, but he was uh he was a little less effusive than I than I expected him to be about it. He was he he was more into Dungeons and Dragons than he was into this, which surprised me. Wow, but you were stoked big about that. Guy, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, we won. You had we a won. gun to his head the whole time in Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. Yeah, Roll so. the dice, kid. Roll the dice. Yeah. Forced to love it. That's uh, it's interesting because I want to talk a little bit about how this movie. Uh, did obviously a little bit of business stuff like we do here on the show mm. before we get into specifics, but something we've talked about a lot when it comes to video game movies and why it's so hard to do them correctly and why they're so divisive a lot of times is because you're taking something that you're actively participating in the story and you're changing it to something where you're passively mm. participating in the story or not yeah. participating at all. You're just observing the story mm-hmm. this time. So I think Cooper, your son, Brian, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people, maybe critics, everybody knows Mario. Everybody has played Mario. Everybody probably grew up with it in some way. If you didn't personally grow up on it, you definitely, your kids did. Sure. And so everybody has kind of an idea of what they wanted this to be, right? And has their own experience with the games, things that they wish this featured, the tone that they wish this would hit. Honestly, I thought this was perfectly fine, harmless, and in fact, good in a lot of areas, yeah. uh, above average. And so, you know, I can't see why there is negativity coming out about it. But at the same time, I can see why people have feelings about this because it's their entire childhood, mm. a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... uh this has been kind of an odd year for for mass market movies to me that that I would guess that in a in a in a normal year at least when we're talking the uh the the, the mainstream big budget kind of movies my rotten tomato scores uh tend to to fall in line I would guess 85% of the time with with what the consensus is cuz I'm very basic and I'm very easy to please but uh, yeah, this is usually kind of how I, I tend to, to fall. And this year, this is at least the third big mainstream kind of movie that has a, that has a negative overall, uh, vibe on, on a score on Rotten Tomatoes and that I've, I'll be positive on, or at least, at least nominally positive with this one. So it, it's been strange. It's, it's, it, this feels like maybe at least the third time this this year where I've kind of walked in, seeing like, man, critics overall weren't too enthused about this, um, and then kind of walked out feeling like that was like at worst like harmless. My wife was a little disappointed in this. She's the one in the family that like loved video games growing up, plays video games. Her and Cooper still play play 
Mario and whatnot on on the Switch. I don't. I pretty much only play Mario Kart. I don't really care about video games. Um, she was a little disappointed in that there weren't. Um, she told me afterwards. She was like, "I just was kind of expecting it to be something like jokes wise, maybe not necessarily overall quality, but like jokes wise, be something closer to Toy Story." And I was like, "Well, it's the people that made Minions, so I feel like that's not necessarily what you should." have been expecting this. Yes. This was clearly for kids. Yeah. I I got that vibe as well. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's not like an, an incredibly impressive movie. Um, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe people who really, really, really love Mario were hoping that this was going to be Pixar quality level of, of, of a movie. And I, I just don't think that that was ever in the cards for me. It was a, this was, this was fine somewhere between fine and actually, Hey, that was pretty fun. And that's, Really, all I'm looking for necessarily in a 90 minute animated kids movie. So, so you're saying the Minions people don't know comedy? <laughs> I just good. Got I'm it. Saying, I'm saying the Minions people, uh, Illumination knows how to make a billion. You know, and yep. they're most of the time their billion dollar movies are are pretty harmless. If you're not Kent, who really hates the Minions, I, um, yeah, I would argue Minions is very harmful. Harmful to society. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, overall it's, it's like, they know what they're doing. They're not going to, um, I don't know. I, I did not, I guess I just didn't expect that this was going to be an instant, like, uh, Oscar contender or something. But I also don't, I mean, genuinely, I don't have nearly as much nostalgia and attachment to this world as some people do as a sort of nominal experiencer of the Nintendo, the Mario verse this was about what I expected it to be and what I expected it to be was, was just kind of a fun time at the theater. And, uh, I, I got that, but, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe you guys are different and maybe, maybe the listener is different on that. Yeah. 100% Richard, what kind of history do you have with Mario? Uh, did you play it growing up and, yeah. and all that? I know your son's too young to, to understand or mm-hmm. be into this, but yeah, he's a, he's a Kirby guy. Um, and Mega Man. <laughs> Kirby's having a yeah, renaissance I, right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I love, love me some Kirby. That's not a bad idea. Kirby games that, uh, that's high on Coop's, nice. uh, birthday wish list is the, the Kirby game. So, yeah, I have played billions of hours of Mario in my mm. life. Like, as someone who's not a video gamer, this is, I kind of figured out the kind of games I liked when I was like, uh, three and just wrote it out. Um, I never really evolved into the modern stuff. I have a little like I don't I don't know if it's illegal, but there's some <laughs> little like, thing I got for like sixty bucks seven years ago. That's like a Game Boy, but it has like all these games preloaded on it. Little color screen. I always have it on flights to yeah. my nightstand, and I play Super Mario World three from the NES all the time on it. Like in the middle of the night when I can't sleep, I'll just like the best one. It is. I just get the whistles and I you know go to whatever level i want to go to it's kind of cheating but okay well it's just like you know, i don't want to start from scratch every time but uh, how many times can you play world one you know if i'm versed i you know but i never really i never did uh, and i did super mario on um super nintendo and i played a bit of the n64 one which i know is great but i i was always just at kids houses and stuff and then obviously every iteration of mario kart ever save for the really new switch stuff though i am the minute Coop is like remotely old enough that will be in our house because mm. uh, not for him or for me <laughs> but I can't really justify it right now big Mario Kart guy I, it's weird I like don't know 
like I know the games and I know stuff, but I don't really never really got any of the uh, super not canon or like Mario Super Smash mm-hmm. Brothers and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like I know seven characters and I know them like I know members of my family, but I don't really know what they're like. I just know that so like classic any classic NES is is kind of kind of your vibe, and you still still rock the Game yeah, Boy. Yeah, exactly. Got I it. don't really know what uh, Toad is supposed to be like as a person, but I know that he's small and fast. You know, <laughs> like, well, Brian can tell like, us a lot a lot about that. Brian, uh, according to your Toad fan fiction, mm-hmm. uh, he is mm-hmm. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so no, I I don't know, uh, but so I like. Simultaneously, know it and don't know it. I say to set all that up. So I had no expectations. We did the throwback on the old movie. That's about as deep as I've gone. But that doesn't really teach you anything. Um, you know, voice cast is kind of fun. I thought it'd be once you start seeing the visuals, kind of you know, bright and you know, a happy little thing. Like I figured this would be. Oh, this is a lovely eight-minute YouTube video. Oh my God, how much longer do I have to be mm-hmm. in here? And it turns out. That is exactly what it was <laughs> for me. No, I mean, it wasn't bad, but like, yeah, I just didn't, you know. It's like, yeah, I get this. I, I would be into this if I was Cooper's age or maybe a little younger. I think he's probably not his fault. Like, I think it's it's targeting maybe seven, eight-year-olds a little more than it's targeting nine, ten-year-olds, mm. which seems dumb, but that's a big jump, sure. right? Sure. There's like tonal things that are very different at that. So he probably was like maybe a little bummed. Like, I like this, but it seems a little yeah. kitty. For no, I think, you're, I think you could be onto something there for sure. I think it's always hilarious to hear a 10 year old say or nine year old say, but they don't, they're not wrong. There's nuances there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I completely appreciated this for, for what it was. I totally understand that it made a ton of money. I actually, I mean, some of it was overwhelming and that's me. I'm not, as you know, I'm not an animation person. And so I'm not even like into the spider verse. I found overwhelming at times just because I don't sense that Mm -hmm. well, but I did find the animation that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm with you, Brian. I don't think I liked it as much as you, but I am also equally as like, really, this is the one we've all chosen to hate. And part of that is, look, it's a huge property and it's, you know, people aren't going to hate on home, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to keep referencing yeah. that. They're just going to watch it and wave their hands like they just do not care. But they, it's not, it doesn't have the platform of this. So this naturally brings in love or hate and I get it to an extent. But yeah, this seemed like a perfectly great way to, get a bunch of eight-year-olds to have the afternoon of their life mm-hmm. to me. I think this serves a, f- a few purposes. One is money. Two is to reignite the love of uh, the Mario franchise across the board for, uh, you know, video games, merchandising, go back, play the old games, uh, you know, sequelize this, make a TV show out of this, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think there is right potential for them to to do this at some point. We've got the Super Mario World theme park, which is how they ended up doing this with Universal, is was the partnership that they had formed there. They were really happy with the, th- the theme park. They were like, oh, it's talk animation now. And Universal's got Illumination. And uh, so so worked out that deal. Uh, you know, a Mario animated movie is something they've wanted to do for a long time, but mm-hmm. had had hesitancy to do. For obvious reasons, because uh, it's a brand that is very lucrative, and you do it bad, uh, you can mess that up. And the brand wasn't, and Nintendo was not going to give the rights because they were so burned that first yeah. time they held the rights for mm-hmm. many years. Mm-hmm. They kind of killed any chance of doing it. I don't think those conversations got down very far roads. Yeah, because uh, you could totally see DreamWorks doing this twenty years mm-hmm. ago for sure. For sure, N- yeah. Nintendo had 
you know, played ball. Uh, there was discussions around the, the time of the Sony hack. I think uh, they were trying to do it there, but uh, obviously there's a conflict of interest there with PlayStation and Nintendo. So they would have had to work something out there. This is works better for both parties and promoting their own stuff from within. And I think, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless when you, when it comes to sequelizing this thing, franchising this thing out. I mean, you mentioned Kirby, uh, Richard. I mean, that's, that's kind of Mario adjacent. I don't think they really cross over much, maybe other than super smash bros, but boom, super smash brothers movie. We could do that. I'm surprised a little bit. I don't know how your kid felt about this, but I certainly felt like, why are they doing Mario Kart in this movie? Because I felt like they could have done a Mario Kart movie mm. of, of its own thing and kind of built that up or teased yeah. that and maybe yeah. had a little... Now it seems like if they did a Mario Kart movie, it would just be that scene for the entire thing, which I'm not sure people would be super into. So that was a, a little confusing to me. Also, Donkey Kong mm-hmm. being such a big part of this, which I thought the uh, the actual worlds... I mean, there's so many memorable worlds in Mario. Everybody has their favorites, right? It seemed like they were mainly taking inspiration from the original NES and SNES games for the worlds, which I love. That's my wheelhouse of Mario. I'm glad they weren't like doing much Nintendo Switch references because I wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have got any of that. So I think that stuff was kind of for the adults, just the era of Mario that they focused on. But I love the worlds. I mean, mm-hmm. the Mushroom Kingdom was awesome. The Donkey Kong worlds, whatever it's called, was awesome. Rainbow Road was awesome. I thought Bowser's headquarters was looked great. So I thought it was colorful and more visually appealing than the video games. Like, this looked yeah. like a movie to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like just a Mario cutscene. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, Illumination... They know how to make money. This thing costs a hundred million dollars to make. That's pretty incredible. Um, in in today's uh, in this economy, um, in today's market, it I would have guessed higher. I mean, it helps. Ninety minutes helps versus you know two hour two hours or two and a half hours. God yeah. forbid. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks really really impressive. It looks better than any Switch game for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, they you can tell where they look. They 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 did the Netflix thing. They spent their money on the talent, and then they and they spent the money on on the visuals. And it looks it looks awesome. It's a really impressive visual world. And I you know kudos to them. I think I would say for understanding that this is a freaking video game movie, and that's the thing that's probably most important is making it look really good. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it's I think it's really impressive. The world building is really impressive. The it really is. You know, yeah. The story isn't, and obviously, I mean, it's a well. Okay, for first, let me let me let me back up the uh, the story people for a second because let's all back up and take a look at Mario the story. Mm-hmm. It's about two plumber brothers from Brooklyn who get sucked into a tube and have to rescue a princess. Like for like that in and of itself is ridiculous, yeah. right? So try sure. making that digestible and entertaining, which is what they're try- tried to do multiple times. I think it's just like the outset of the Mario story. The origin story is just not interesting, plain and simple. And so mm-hmm. making making it a movie is just not interesting. 
you know, where they can go from here in, in terms of telling their own stories and taking it in new directions. When the movie is Mario, Luigi, let's go to Peach and kill Bowser. I mean, I think that's pretty, I don't know, by the books, not necessarily in a bad mm -hmm. way, but like they didn't take any risks story-wise here, which I'm kind of relieved by. Like this wasn't Chippendale Rescue Rangers, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have this total diff, or even Detective Pikachu, let's go there. We have this kind of different uh, approach to the material. Mm -hmm. This was a, let's make the video game into a movie, movie. And uh, I kind of appreciated that about it. The side-scrolling sequence with B Beastie Boys, Brian? Yeah. At the beginning? Mm -hmm. The No Sleep Till Brooklyn? Yeah. A plus that, immediately, yeah. Uh -huh. When he was helping Luigi <laughs> and all those little video game references, I love those moments in this, that it kind of cut away and it became a video game mm -hmm. cutscene uh, moment for, I don't know, a few seconds. I love that. It made me want to see a, a Mario game in this style that side scroll style with this animation style. Does that make sense? Like sure. make that into a game. Yeah. I would play the heck out of that. That seems like a lot of fun. Gosh, there were so many characters, references. I mean, all the different colored shells, right? From, from Mario Kart and all the um, Goombas and different boxes. I mean, there's just mm -hmm. like a smorgasbord of, of memorable things. And not to mention just the music. Something we had talked about last week on our VIP episode on the old Mario movie, which you can listen to now, the one from the 90s. We mentioned how they just didn't lean into the Mario music, which is so great. Mm. This one for sure did. Yeah. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All different kinds of worlds have their own themes and Bowser playing him on the piano. And I mean, that was great. Yeah. I know a lot of people... Uh... <laughs> There's a lot of kids that were introduced to Tenacious D um, over the last weekend with, with Jack Black and the Peaches <laughs> song and stuff. So uh, that's going to lead to some fun, interesting conversations for the parents of some like 11-year-olds soon, I'm sure. Uh, like, what are you listening school, to on this podcast? School of Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. My kid is such a... Uh, my my wife is is like the most rule follower kind of person and coop definitely takes after her. And so like, I don't have any parent parental controls or, or, or filters or blocks or whatever on pretty much any of the, the streaming and music services and stuff that we have, because it's like, he's never, he's just not going to ever break the rules. That's what's going to happen though. Is like, he's going to be like, well, I was trying to listen to Jack Black cause, cause of, cause of uh, the super Mario brothers movie. And then he's going to have, Heard a lot of stuff, you know, something like that is definitely going to happen at some point uh, for, for my kid and probably for some others. But yeah, music was good. And I, I liked the using of the of the Mario music or, 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 you know, just off of that for the various worlds and mixing in pop culturally um, relevant or at least relevant to me. Music was uh, was good, too. I thought it was I thought that was a pretty solid bit. I, I thought the open to a lot of the Easter eggs, I'm sure I didn't pick up on because I'm not. Uh, Mr. Mario, but I I thought the commercial at the beginning was really funny using the old uh, Mario animated series theme song for that was was a funny bit. That that's a that seemed to be a reference from the original Mario Brothers movie, right? They they do that bit with the commercial. Yeah, the yeah. This was this was, uh, but but the song, but it looked like like that animated series that was out right. in like the early nineties, which I I thought was funny too. So yeah, there was some. 
there was a whole lot of stuff like that that was built in that I that it I had some Warden Millery aspects. Yeah, to it. absolutely, Not fully, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly was, you know, homage in some ways mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. What was confusing to me? Are they adults? Are they teenagers? What was going on? I mean, they were like. Mm. 13 year olds with full mustache, like they, them going to their family dinner and then going to their room to play video games seemed like, seemed very odd. Like these aren't kid Mario's. These are full, they have a plumbing business for God's sake, you know, and their, their dad didn't have gray hair. So that was confusing. I was like, uh, very odd with it. I'm confused on the timeline that we're working on here. So it's Italian jeans, yeah. man. Yeah. So all that all I guess. Yeah. So it was very funny. So they want him to be like youthful, but still old. It's very weird. It's a very weird thing they're trying to, you know, a line they're trying to walk there. It was uh, it was funny. But I thought the family was really entertaining. I thought Luigi mm-hmm. was was really entertaining. Charlie Day as Luigi, I thought was uh, was good voice casting. Let's let's discuss that elephant in the room, the voice cast. Thought that was that was fine. It's a voice cast yeah. of an animated movie. Why? Why does anyone have to get get upset or have any kind of yeah. <laughs> real real anger towards this? It's uh, it's funny. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I did not understand the controversy on that. It was. It was. I mean, it just. <laughs> I think people really want to find reasons to uh, to crap on Chris Pratt and to hate Chris Pratt. So it just. This was this was this week's um, excuse to do that. I feel like so I I don't I don't know like I <laughs> I constantly would be like you guys you guys know this is like a this is like a Japanese video game. This is not like an authentic Italian <laughs> piece of culture and history, right? Like we don't. It's fine. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, he's not playing Leonardo da Vinci. He's playing <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I I think we're gonna be okay. Um, but uh, man, I don't know. That's just me. I'm built different, so it didn't really bother. You <laughs> you got that dog yeah, in you. Right. Charlie Day bothered me more than anything because his voice annoys me. But that he was fine yeah, for same. this. Um, this was the 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 like the limit of what I'm uh, what I can handle with with Charlie Day and yeah, his voice. <laughs> his voice is getting deeper as he's getting older, so it's way better now <laughs> than it was like. 10 15 years ago. J- J- Jack it was knife. more like shrieky back then. Now yeah. it's a little yeah. a little more raspy. So I'm not a huge fan, but that's okay. You can't you can't all be fans of everything. The uh I, I really like the bit of Bowser being just super sensitive. Yeah. I thought that was good. Great yeah. writing. I think I mean Jack Black was totally bought in on this because yeah. he's the best. Uh like doing the interviews in in a Bowser costume. I don't know if you guys have seen this. He did a lot of the, <laughs> he did the, the talk show appearances and the the junkets and stuff, just wearing a a, a Bowser costume. Um, just he seemed like he was. He seems like most of these these uh, actors took this for the paycheck, and God bless them because it was a lot of money and they deserve it. So it's all good. And Jack Black was like, "No, I'm gonna fully commit to this," which I love. I thought was a funny. He was he was the best part of the movie. I thought, besides like the visuals and stuff. What was your favorite sequence of the movie? Mine was. Oh, I probably already mentioned it. The, uh, you know, Streets of Brooklyn uh, yeah. video games. I like the pipes, as well. Uh, when Mario discovers the pipe world with, uh, I guess it's Toad, at the beginning, and they're uh, mm. kind of having the same kind of side scroll experience. 
And then uh, a moment at the end that I'll say for spoilers that I really enjoyed too. Uh, but what was your favorite sequence in the movie, Brian? Um, you are right that I think that they probably would have been wise to save some of these big pulls for uh, for the second and third movies. Um, but I th- I enjoyed the the I enjoyed the 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 Rainbow Road and um, and Donkey Kong sequences. I thought those were both really fun and and a little more lively than some of the rest of of the movie and uh so i'm glad they were there but but i do think there's something to be said for uh mario kart comes into play in the third movie or something like that or donkey kong does same it just seems like such an easy money maker Mm -hmm. just to have a mario kart the movie uh that seemed like it would have been so easy Uh, this movie was interesting enough without that, I think, just because the whole entire world's just seeing that for the first time, introduced the characters, all that. Uh, even though that was a really fun sequence, I I think, yeah, it maybe could have been helped. They did tease some stuff. Princess Peach says, there's a ton of other galaxies out there, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. teasing Mario Galaxy, and he seems very intrigued by that idea. And then there's a spoilery tease at the end, a post-credits type tease for a character that they uh, could introduce. But yeah, seemed to want to cram a lot of stuff into this, which was, uh, which is fine. But hey, this was 90 minutes, fellas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just something about that, that 30 minute, 30 minute, yeah. 30 minute acts yeah. that just works. It it's, goes back to what we were talking about in the Avatar episode about 24 frames a second. There's just something about that, that, in our minds and in our subconscious works and we like it and, and we're used to it and it brings us joy and comfort. So I think leaning into that as much as possible is fine um, and should be something that we embrace. And this certainly did and loved it. Yeah. Knew what it was. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, we got something, uh, there's something to be appreciated about that. Um, even in its, even when the movie is, um, you know, kind of slight and lesser and, and doesn't really do much from a storytelling perspective or whatever else, like I, gosh, I appreciate so much that this was 90 minutes and that they knew that that's what this needed to be. Like, again, Illumination Mm -hmm. knows who's their, who their audience is, um, and who they're aiming at and they have succeeded at that on that and, and to, to, Knock this out in 90 minutes. Gosh, I love it. It's 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 nice. It's nice to get a few of these movies a year. Just a few, seems like. I thought it had some pretty funny jokes for it looked like it was written by one person, which surprised me. This mm. seemed like it would would have been something to have seven seven passes at or whatever. <laughs> sure. But you're right, Brian. When when they invested money in the visuals and it's the voice talents, like let's just get a script and and make sure it's it's good. Yeah. Uh, but the, the joke that I liked was when Mario was like, Luigi, destiny is calling. And he's like, that girl from high school? <laughs> I just thought that was such yeah. an easy, yeah. funny joke. Yeah. But yeah, there was, there was some good stuff in there. It wasn't, it wasn't like cringe humor or anything like that. I thought there was some, yeah. some, some funny bits. And overall, I was pretty entertained. Like, I went in expecting like, dog crap right with even people in our in our discord was like oh my god what am i watching Mm -hmm. just i never got that with this at all i thought it was was uh entertaining and enjoyable for the most part but you know not every movie can be toy story or 
yeah, you know, break totally. break the mold for animation. A lot of movies are going to just fall right into that mold, yeah. and and that's that's fine. It look, it would have been awesome if you could have gotten like B plus or A minus jokes, but you didn't. You mostly got B jokes, and that's fine. Like, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't cringy. It wasn't ch- super cheesy. I think that the Easter eggs are got way too political, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the all the Reagan stuff, I didn't really feel like was fair, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, that's timely. Fine. The Nancy though. stuff was. The Nancy <laughs> stuff was. Yeah, Coop had a lot of questions um, about uh, about old Nancy. What's a goat? Um, but uh, yeah, it's it it like. The the Easter eggs I felt like were pretty well incorporated into the movie. I mean, again, I'm sure I missed some of them because I'm I'm not super uh, I'm not a Super Mario brother. But uh, overall, I think it was. I mean, gosh, we see how many how many scripts a year, even in better movies. How many scripts do we see in a year that are so much worse than this? So uh, I was I was like, that's it's fine, it's fine on this front. Yes, I get like the first review I saw. Um, was kind of trashing on the story elements, and I'm like, yeah, it what? It, you're right, but can't you're you're totally right. Like, it's a freaking video game movie. It's a movie where that revolves around, and it's not The Last of Us, where like that story exactly. is an exactly. interesting story. Um, it's not an interesting yeah, story. It, it's 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 two <laughs> maybe teenage plumbers trying to get a princess out of a castle, um, and save her from a giant turtle. I don't, I don't really know what, you know. I wasn't That's necessarily looking for Sorkin here, so. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it hit those marks. I think just just fine. Gosh, it's so yeah. It, it is just funny the visceral disdain for something so harmless, just perfectly fine. I mean, just <laughs> we see hundreds <laughs> of movies, and this was not even close to like one of the worst movies I've seen in even the past year. So. Uh, we talked about the financials a little bit. Obviously, quite successful weekend it had over Easter. Did okay. Uh, let's take a look back now at the top 10 highest grossing video game movies from 1995 to 2023. Number 10, this is domestic, by the way. 95 to, t- to 23, you yes. said? Okay. Yes. This is domestic. Okay. Number 10, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, the most Persian actor okay, out sorry. there. For some reason, I translated in my brain that's like, you said video game movies. Okay. Yes. I, I For whatever reason, I was thinking animated movies, and I was like, I don't think that's an animated movie. But <laughs> Video okay, game sorry. movies. All right. Yes. My bad. My bad. Okay. I'm video on, game I'm adaptations. Here. I'm on board now. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine, Angry Birds movie, made $113 million. Uh, adjusted for inflation, these numbers are. Uh, then Pokemon Detective Pikachu made 140, Sonic the Hedgehog 146, Mortal Kombat, uh, the 95 Mortal Kombat 148, uh, Pokemon the first movie from 1999 150 million, Uncharted from last year 170, Sonic 2 from last year 190, Lara Croft Tomb Raider from 2001. $212 million domestically. And number one, Super Mario Brothers movie. $224 million. Uh, worldwide, it's already number five on the list. Wow. That's crazy. 
And uh, any guesses on what number one is in the worldwide list for video games? Um, um, Laser Shoot Larry, the movie. <laughs> Brian? Um, it's, it's probably some random thing that I don't remember as a video game. Um, maybe the, I'll go, I'll go with the first uh, Laura Croft. Tomb Raider. Yeah, I was going to say. Be my guess so, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, it's actually Warcraft from 2016. Oh my Dang it. God. I was about to say that jokingly, and then I was like, it <sighs> might be that. Warcraft in the US made 47 million, but internationally made 400 million. <laughs> so, listen, it uh, made listen, it. Listen, listen, okay. I know. I know that, that we're not great these days, America, just <laughs> as a whole. I know. We didn't yeah, do that. We, we, we that make a us. lot of mistakes. Um, we're easy to laugh at. We got that one right. We got that one right. You yeah. all missed world. I don't what China <laughs> or Belgium or yeah. Belarus or wherever oh, that was no. big. You screwed up. Look we up. won that one. That bought us a hundred drones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won that round. Yeah. It looks like uh, this movie's well on pace to, to be number one. Uh, internationally, it's already made 400 million. Yeah. Is that so, good? Uh, I think that's that's usually pretty good. I think when it's all said and done, it'll be number one. But number two right now is actually Detective Pikachu. Well, it made oh. over $400 million. And I saw that they announced a sequel to that. I was like, why would they make a sequel to that? But I guess in the big picture, it made a lot mm. worldwide. Yeah. It only made 140 in the uh, US, but it made 300 in uh, mm. overseas. I don't know what my grade was for Detective Pikachu, but, uh, but I, I think that... This movie makes me want to retroactively lower the grade for Detective Pikachu just a tiny bit, just a little. Bit. You gave it an A triple. Plus. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's an A now. It's an A. That was one of my all time misses in the movie draft. I thought that was going to make a billion dollars. It, it, it felt like it was going to be huger than it was. It's the biggest property in the world. Maybe it's yeah, incre- incredible. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. That, that's one of the big, big mistakes, but big misfires. Okay, let's round this out with a little spoiler talk because I want to talk about the end. I thought saving the star music when Mario gets the star and just Rex house, saving that for the end was awesome. That was my favorite moment of the movie. Yeah, it was a good bit overall. That was a good bit. That was fun. And I like the caps too, Richard with the, uh, from Mario three with the raccoon cap Mm -hmm. flying, all that. That Mm -hmm. was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then very spoilery when it comes to post credits. They tease Yoshi. Yoshi rules. Yoshi. I'm pulling for Yoshi. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun time. I like that. So Gilbert Gottfried's final role <laughs> too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna hit a grade for this. I'm gonna go. Sh- I'm somewhere between a B and a B plus. So I'm gonna go like B minus plus. I'm like a eighty six. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Brian Gilbert Godfrey got me. That was a good joke. Um, <laughs> straight B. This is straight B for me. I'll go B minus. Yeah, it deserves kind of that above the C grade just for being ninety minutes <laughs> and being fine. So yeah, plus the Beastie Boys. It'd probably be like a C or C plus for me if it was two hours and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it's B well, minus. Go. But Beastie Boys. So B. It's got to be. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, good. That's a heck of a rule. <laughs> There we go. The Super Mario Bros. movie. 
Let's hit a weekly recommend before we get out of here, guys. Weekly recommends. What you got, Brian? I'm going to recommend a uh, documentary that uh, just dropped on on uh, HBO this weekend. Um, it is called, let me get the, make sure I have the title correct. It is Jason Isbell uh, running with our eyes closed. It is a, Jason Isbell is, if, if you're new to the show, I've talked about him ad nauseum, probably, um, annoyingly, um, over the years. He's maybe my favorite musician, certainly, certainly up there. If, if not number one, he's got a new album coming out in a couple of weeks and, uh, HBO put out this, this doc on his, some of his life and then his like creative process. It's, it's a lot of the, um, it's a lot of work stuff in this. Have you you guys have you seen this yet? I don't know if you've seen this one, Kent. No, I listened to him on that pod okay. talking about it, but I haven't I haven't Sweet. watched it yet. It's a I've not a time. Okay, yet. it's a lot of studio stuff, like with them um, coming up with and recording the songs. But it's it plays out over several years. Like some of the footage that they have in the studio is from like I think as far back as 2017, and then it runs through um, the first first round ish of the pandemic um, and studio work and, and uses him like the, his, his, um, his methods and like what he comes into the studio with. And then his wife is in the band. And so then it crosses into like their home life and how the, the these two interact and what they bring to the studio and, you know, there's a long stretch where they're just like in a fight and they're trying to be like professionals about it while they're in the studio. And then he's like one of the bandmates at the end of the day is like, all right, we'll go home and sing that, you know, try and think that one through, come back tomorrow. And, and he just says, I think I'm sleeping here tonight, man. Like this is, this is where I'm going to be, but we'll, we'll try to figure it out. Um, but it has a lot of footage too, from his like early lives when he, he very famously, if you don't know anything about Jason Isbell, he very famously was a very, very bad alcoholic and got clean in um, like 2013 and has made his best music since then. And so there's there's some stuff like about his his uh, sobriety and trying to stay sober and how the pandemic messed with him on that and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's really well put together. The Sam Jones is the guy who directed it. He's a... Uh, he has a podcast that that's uh, a lot of actors and musicians and stuff like that like to go on and he gets a lot of a lot great of great photographer yeah mm-hmm. so uh, yeah really really dug it it's very well done I, I'm excited for for the new album but uh, it also is a nice like tight ninety minutes I would say something like that so that that's helpful helpful as well but uh, Jason is built running with our eyes closed on uh, HBO HBO Max etc. The uh, Wilco doc he did is. One of the best. Yeah, docs, yeah. Uh, he he knows what he's I'm doing. Trying to break on your heart. The, That's a great one. On the the music docs, especially, I think he really gets. He has that quality. I don't listen to that podcast all that often. It's it kind of, I kind of forget about it for a while, and then I'll you know every six months I'll listen to oh a whole bunch you know right in a row because I kind of remember oh yeah, this is really good. He he has the thing that I that that's um. I thought Conan was really good at this for a long time. I don't know if it's his new pod is a little bit of a different format. Um, sometimes Marin gets this way too, where 
there's just something about the what he his I think it's something about his presence and and the questions that he asks that gets uh, these people to give really good answers and to like get into stories that I'm not sure they would get into uh, normally. You know, I don't think they come into the podcast studio expecting to talk about some of the things that they end up talking about. And I think that's a really impressive thing. And so I think that comes through a little bit in the way in his, his filmmaking, he seems to, he has a pretty good eye for um, this will convey the emotions of what's going on in this room um, just in the way that we're going to shoot it. And then the way that we're going to edit it afterwards, obviously um, editing is a huge part of documentary, especially, but uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with this one and, and the Wilco doc too. And he's uh he's, he's pretty good at this. All right. What you got Richard? Yeah, I've got a, a book I read. I sent you guys, I thought you'd both dig it. Uh, it's from a couple of years ago uh, by Tom Schoen, the Nolan variations. It's a kind of critical understanding of Christopher Nolan films. And it's kind of, what's interesting about it is, is someone who's not super open. Christopher Nolan collaborated on this enough. It's almost co-written by him. Like there's Mm. so many interviews with him in this that like, it's certainly, um, you know, authoritative of like his intention with his work and the stories behind it are really interesting. Um, it goes pretty much. It also does a great job of like, you know, we know the Escher influences and know a lot of stuff like that, but like it really has like MacGruber. sets up every chapter that's about a yeah, sorry. Um that that the every chapter that sets up the every every movie, there's like a really interesting kind of like, you know, um, you know, for for Dark Knight Rises a huge thing on Tale of Two Cities and how mm. that sets up Dark Knight Rises and stuff like that. So it does a really smart job of like getting the influence specific to each movie. Um, makes you appreciate kind of the thought that goes into them. Um, it's also really interesting the like working relationship he's had across these films with not only his wife, but his brother and uh, all that. So I just, I thought, you know, it's the best probably movie book I've read in a while. And I've tried to read more and more of those. And one of the best books I read this year, I would say. I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait to revisit it at some point. But uh, yeah, The Nolan Variations by Tom Schoen. It's awesome. Sweet. I just started the uh, I just started the Mad Max book that you recommended nice. a couple of weeks ago. Really digging that. But this one's on the on the list as well, for sure. Awesome. I'm going to recommend a book as well that I've uh, been reading. It's Cinema Speculation. Finally, finally oh, nice. started it. Nice. Uh, nice. And uh, it's greatness. Yeah. His the last uh, chapter, that's really cool. I am not there yet, but his, just like the amount of movies he just references or lists off. It's oh, like, no. I'm just writing them all down. It's like, God, need to see that one. Need to see that. One. It's just crazy. It's just all like, uh, his subconscious is just movie references. It's crazy. In the best the, way. The experience that he had, you know, seeing them with mom's boyfriends and like the black exploitation theaters yeah. and things like that. Yeah, that's you great. know, that opening chapter, I think it's the first chapter is super, uh, you know, pretty crazy happenstance of life experience that kind of gives us. It makes a lot of sense yeah. how he turned out the way he did. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He's like a funny nature versus you think of his kind of brain and his sensibilities as being sort of uh, inevitable. You know, it's like there's something to his brain that is built for this, but then you kind of realize it's a lot more nurture than you realize than just nature. 
what he was saying in there about that when his his parents would take him because they would save on a babysitter if they could just take him to to whatever movie it was that they were going to go see and he realized really quickly it's like just be cool just keep your mouth shut don't be annoying don't <laughs> ask a ton of questions and you can go to all these cool movies mm-hmm. so he just basically just chilled and his parents were like oh this is great he's just chilling not asking us a ton of questions and uh you know he knew what what to ask after the movie you know what that was question time was after we had seen it and we can all kind of discuss it on the way home but he also knew stuff that he shouldn't talk about that he had seen it's like mm-hmm. hey don't tell anyone we let you see this so he had an understanding with his parents at a really early age that was just fascinating like he could have screwed it all up they take him to one i don't know a jim brown movie and he goes and <laughs> blabs all over town he never gets to see another one right mm-hmm. so he he played it really cool from a young age and and was able to see uh, a lot of great movies um but yeah great great book if you just want to hear tarantino talk about movies which who doesn't uh yeah cinema speculation the book all right there you go there's week recommends and the super mario brothers movie hope you enjoyed it please subscribe become a vip if you want more from us we're talking about mud in honor Mm. of 10 years in the vip this week so make sure you subscribe if you want more throwback episodes it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip we love you we'll see you next time at the cinema Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me a yeah, yeah.